One Week Season. to the OWS Week in Review show for week 13, and I will be joined in a moment by a man who compared his lineups this week to the Hindenburg disaster, um, Mark Garcia, and we will go through our process and what got us there, and we will discuss our frustrations as once again, it just didn't all come together. But now, let me bring in a man who calls his special place down there the nut house, Mark Garcia. Hilo, how are you, buddy? What's up, man? I think a lot of aspects of my life can be described as the nut house. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> not the nuts house, but the nut yeah. house. Hey, and I didn't literally, I thought of that one about five minutes before the show. Nice. Like that one hadn't even registered. And then when I thought of it, I said, you know, that's pretty good. Um, Not all my lineups went up in flames, you jerk. I know you you did cash <laughs> one, uh, which is good. Uh, was it one of the 555s? No. <laughs> oh, well, then it doesn't. It doesn't definitely doesn't count. Um, although I, <clears throat> that's something I do want to talk about. Um, you know, we're doing this on Tuesday because of our schedules, and this is going to be a shorter one perhaps than others. Uh, but I do want to talk about a strategy point that I discussed with Mark on Saturday in our, our Saturday uh, phone call. And I think it's something that uh, most of you could learn from. So um, I was just making a note so my exhausted self didn't forget what uh, to talk about that, you know, I just thought of uh, three seconds ago. Um, but, um, yeah, um, you know, um, I, uh, I and everyone else was very sad to hear about your doggo. Um, but it did give me a chance to get on with uh, X and do the Saturday show, which um, I, I did enjoy. But I'm sorry you had to put the pupper down. Yeah, um, I appreciate that, man. It was, uh, he lived a long, happy life. Uh, he was 12 and a half. Um, so he was around for all four kids. Uh, so they all grew up with him. So um, he can remember winning lineups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They happened all about when he was uh, just a newborn. Um, no, but yeah, he, uh, I woke up on Saturday and he was, uh, after a really rough week and I had talked to Aaron about his kind of rough week. And that was why a couple of my games were delayed in the end or, or the edge as well this week. Um, but I said, I scheduled him an appointment on Monday, uh, to get put down, but he just was not doing well. And all the places around us were closed on Sunday. So we made the command decision just to like, squeeze him in at the end of Saturday. And that decision was made literally like 17 minutes before the Saturday podcast. And so I immediately uh, had my wife jump on the phone with the vet and I jumped on, texted you and jumped on the phone with Aaron and X. And thank you for filling in for me, man, because that was super last minute. Yeah, thankfully, I had a pretty good sense of this slate. I don't I, at, at that time. Sometimes I don't. 
Um, but you know, it's not too uh, hard to do a podcast with X. You just throw him fat pitches and watch as he hits them out of the park. Right. Yeah. Shout out to X. All right. So let's talk about this week. And, uh, but first I want to talk about the, the, the key strategy point. Um, and I see it a lot, you know, I'm in, um, the chat on Sunday, uh, sweating or lack of sweating or suffering. And I hear a lot of guys and they'll play three or four lineups and they'll, and they'll show their, you know, winning X and entering $120. And it was something that I've done for years. And I mentioned to you because you were playing the 555 and you were like, well, you know, I, I like player X or player Y, which one do you think I should go with? And I basically said, well, um, they're, they're very close. Pick one to put in the five, 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 and then find a lower price contest, uh, to play the same lineup with the other guy, because there will be nothing worse than if you make that, you know, you get eight guys, right. And then your last one or two players, you, you know, yeah, you, you might not throw them in 150, but, uh, like the play action is a great tournament with hundred K up top. And, you know, imagine you, you know, get 220 points, but the guy that you put in that you were like, it was like a coin flip, um, you know, scored 10 points and the other guy scored 30 and those 20 points would have had you win. At least you get the consolation prize of, um, of, you know, doing well in a lower price contest. So I thought we would, I would bring that up because I think that is a, a key strategy point and, you know, figure what your budget is for the week. If it's $125, you know, well then throw it in the, in the 50 cent uh, or the dollar uh, pod, you know, where there's like 10 K for first. Um, but, you know, everyone can afford another fifth, you know, let's say you, you have six guys you're deciding between and you're mixing and matching, throw the other five lineups in the 50 cent or the dollar or the $3 um, that's my thoughts, Mark. Um, and I shared it with you. Yeah, I, uh, I did that. I, I ran, um, the lineups in question in the $20 milli, um, that I was messing around with. Uh, but yeah, it was a super interesting week from a results standpoint. Um, but I think the, uh, what we're going to talk about here shortly with the process, I think is still, uh, still there, man. Yeah. And, and the sad thing is that we had a conversation on Saturday, as we often do. And you were talking about playing Brandon Ayuk. And I was I really was on. T- uh, it was either Ayuk or Mitchell that you were on. And I and I said I was playing both of them, but that I also really like George Kittle this week. And I did end up two X on him, but I might have ended up three or four X. But unfortunately, with, you know, my other strategy was to pay up at at quarterback with Tom Brady and Matt Stafford for most of my lineups. And it became much harder to fit, you know, as I was going in and tweaking those lineups after the optimizer, it became very hard to get George Kittle in. So I ended up with 12 percent. But I literally said to you in our conversation, I said, not only is Kittle the best uh, leverage on the week. He has four legitimate 40 point upside. Um, and if he gets you 40 points, that's that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it crushes the Foster Moreau. Ayuk had ownership, uh, Mitchell had ownership, 
And we literally get a 40-point week out of Kittle, and I still didn't make money. Yeah, it was, uh, it was again, very haves or have-nots, particularly from the wide receiver position. You know, the top three scoring wide receivers were Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, and Justin Jefferson. And those guys combined put up more than 100 points. So they're, you know, the, the roster that took down the, the 555 milli um, had Cup, had Godwin, and actually had Amon Ross St. Brown. But um, there were teams in the $20 And, and that was dude. really what it came down to, right? Out the, yeah. It was the, you know, to play a good quarterback with, you know, mid-price wide uh, running backs and uh, to have those wide receivers uh, and maybe Kittle, it really did come down to you needed to find at least one low-priced wide receiver who did good. And I missed on pretty much all of them. And that was what killed the, the few really hopeful lineups I had that most of them had one guy with like two points. Yeah, and the the slate actually took a pretty for all I I guess to lead this in for all that the value that we had on the slate, the slate actually took a pretty massive turn from a value perspective late Saturday and into Sunday morning with Gardner Minshew and with Sony Michelle. Um, those two guys were priced either at or near the minimum. Gardner Minshew at bare minimum four K, and then Sony Michelle expected to get the lion's share of the uh, running back carries against Jacksonville only at 4.3. So combined 8.3 in salary, they put up over 43 fantasy points. So that's over 5X, and that absolutely destroyed this slate. Five Zandamirs? Five Zandamirs. Oh, five X like in like in times. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. You have to excuse me. I'm a little punchy today. <laughs> so you mentioned Sony Michelle, and I ended up about even on him. Um, and what I decided that you know in really chalky lineups, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I would. Uh, oh, I know what it was. I was playing a lot of Stafford, and I thought that if Sony really paid off, that because he's not a pass catching back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just only had 12% of him in Stafford lineups and I was slightly over on, you know, I was decently over on other lineups close to 50. Uh, but uh, overall I ended up about even, but that again, you know, points to a really good strategy point that I've been doing, which is, you know, you can, you know, not all ownership is created equal. Um, you know, if you're going to play a lot of different lineups where you blend your ownership becomes very important. Yeah. And particularly with Sony, I knew that a lot of the ownership at quarterback was going to be focused around the mid tier and below, you know, we had very modest, you know, relative ownership on the two, you know, top quarterbacks on the slate in Stafford and Brady. So I knew that paying up to somebody not named Brady or Stafford at the quarterback position was going to be highly, highly um, different this week. So I actually on um, all of my 555 entries this week, I played Lamar Jackson with Baltimore and Pittsburgh stacks um, in an attempt to capture one of those late games with upside that I thought the field was overlooking and started off, extremely 
uh, I guess getting my hopes up because Baltimore took the ball and marched down the field on the first drive. I was like points on the first drive is all I need for this game to blow up. And then L Jacks throws a pick in the end zone. And I was like, fuck. But yeah, I, uh, I was hundred percent Sony Michelle. uh, Once I kind of got the sense that he was going to see most of the work. Um, And when the morning didn't go particularly as I had hoped, I actually swapped off of Sony to LaVisca Chenault as a guy who probably carried a similar to higher ceiling, but a much lower floor uh, to try and leverage the field there. Cause I knew, I mean, Sony Michelle came in 40% in high dollar stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was about 40 and, uh, Anyway, it's uh, it's just frustrating when you miss when you have so much going for you. I had uh, I had so much going for me late, and uh, my best lineup um, had, and it's just amazing. Again, when you're running bad, how things just conspire against you. I forget who it was that I had in my highest uh, lineup, but. Um, I know that um, who got hurt in the second game. Um, trying to, uh, uh, to Thielen, look. Adam Thielen. Yeah, I had one really good lineup with Thielen, and then I had um, oh, I remember what it was. I had a lineup with like 195 points with like 10 minutes to go, and that lineup had Gerald Everett in it. And Gerald Everett dropped like literally the easiest touchdown you'll ever see in your life. Like it was just, and then the next touch he had, he fumbled. It was, it was just so tilting um, because, you know, that, you know, I could ended up around 220, ended up right, right over 200. um, And it was, it was one of the more deflating things that's happened to me this year. Um, all right. So one of your big strategy points was naked Tom Brady. And that looked like it was going to pay off when the first couple touchdowns went to um, kind of no Fournette. name guys. Yeah. Fournette and Brait. Yeah. Fournette and uh, Brait. And then, um, you know, I mean, you know, by no name, I mean guys who aren't normally in, in passing stacks. Uh, but it did end up with a big Chris Godwin game. Mike Evans had a pretty good game. Gronk had a, I think two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he only had like. The, ex, explain the top, you know, because you didn't get a chance on Saturday to explain your Tom Brady uh, naked uh, play, which we we like to call the Giselle. Um, and, <laughs> I like uh, that. Why you did it? Yeah. So my thinking was there. We knew basically that or there was a high likelihood that that Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in particular were going to see success through the air this week. We also knew that the field was likely overweighting their confidence with who that production was likeliest to flow through. Um, obviously with the high Chris Godwin expected ownership numbers, and then basically everybody else below 10%. You had Mike Evans projected like eight to 9%. You had uh, Rob Gronkowski in that kind of same range. Uh, I think he ended up coming in like seven, 8%, something like that. So when the field was developing this high degree of certainty, I was like, hold up, you know, this offense is not the passing offense is not as concentrated as people are 
giving it credit for. And I laid out kind of the breakdown of the expected uh, range of outcomes as far as targets go. And, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were hovering in the seven to nine target range. You had Gronk, who was likely in the seven to nine target range. And then people are forgetting that, like, Leonard Fournette has been seeing seven to eight targets weekly. Um, and when you start adding up all these targets, like, okay, Brait's probably going to see four or five. Um, and Tyler Johnson's probably expected to see four or five. There's no one player that is likely to see double, double, double digit looks here. That ended up obviously not transpiring with uh, Chris Godwin seeing what 13, 14 targets, something like that. But I felt like the field based on expected ownership uh, numbers was overweighting their confidence with where the targets were going to flow in this game. So as opposed to just saying, Hey, I'm going to bet on Tampa Bay failing. uh, I chose to say, Hey, I still expect Tampa Bay to succeed through the air, but if we are not confident on where those targets to go are going to go, I'll just capture the upside through all of them through Tom Brady and I also liked the pairing of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay defense for those onslaughts, which is kind of what we saw. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I thought Mike Evans was such a great play and I, I stand by that because considering, you know, he, he's the guy, you know, we're looking for those 40 point a game guys. Right. Um, I felt like Mike Evans had, you know, he has these two, three touchdown games and I was willing with, you know, I had some Godwin, I had some Gronk, I had some, even some Lenny uh, and some Tyler. Uh, but I, I, my main lineup had um, Mike Evans and, and I don't have regrets because I think the numbers are in your favor. And when they don't come through, you know, you give, you know, uh, talking about, you know, basically the same thing that you were already saying about the confidence level of the field, I felt that you could get that same thing while still stacking a top option on that offense, uh, which was Mike Evans. And it didn't work out, but that's, you know, we talk a lot on this pod about regrets or no regrets. That's one I don't regret. I think that was a good analysis. And I don't think naked Tom Brady was a bad play uh, by any stretch, but I I thought Mike Evans was a better play. and. that's where I kind you know kind of went with the higher percentage of my lineups, but you did get me to do the Tampa defense with Brady. Um, I I put into the optimizer that uh, in lineups with Tom Brady raised the Bucks by ten percent. Yeah, and um, I didn't have obviously the the Saturday podcast to kind of work through these thoughts this week. Um, but I hear the guy I- who took over from you was really good though. I did, uh, dude. I listened to it, and he was very good. I mean, good for his first time, but um, I'm yeah, just kidding. <laughs> he, 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 he really, um, you know, with eight minutes notice, uh, it, it, you know, <laughs> no, he um, absolutely. But you, you know, Thanks my best you. quality is my humility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But from a from a macro perspective, where I ended on this slate is I figured we were going to see extreme stars and scrubs lineups. Um, all the value that opened up. Uh, we had all the value at running back. We had obviously Gardner Minshew. Um, so I chose to kind of go to more balanced rosters. And the best place that I identified to kind of do that, yeah, I was trying to find where I could get similar upside to the high-priced wide receivers because I knew that they were likely going to gain increased ownership with the value at quarterback and the value at running back. So 
Um, that's why that's kind of how I ended up on Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I knew that we basically needed one spark for Baltimore to kind of come out of their shell. I was hoping that that would have come through Baltimore and possibly through Lamar Jackson and his rushing upside against a defense that plays heavy man coverage. So with that said, my main stack on the slate was Lamar Jackson, Deontay Johnson, and Marquise Brown. Why did I like that? I liked it so much because Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown, and then the third wide receiver that I loved and I added on a lot of my rosters was Tyler Lockett. All three of those wide receivers are priced between 6.5 and 6.8. So I knew that we're likely going to see a lot of ownership on the payup guys. So these were the three wide receivers in that kind of middle tier of pricing that I felt could match the high-priced wide receiver ceiling. And Deontay Johnson ended up getting there, had 105 uh, reception yards on eight catches for two touchdowns. Lockett got there, you know, he hit 20 points, and then Marquise Brown flopped. But these were three guys that I were all extremely um, leveraged situations. You know, Lamar Jackson came in at 9% ownership, Deontay Johnson at 13, Lockett down at 4%, which I was absolutely steamed to have that exposure, and then Marquise Brown at 10%. So I knew that, like, by targeting my focus on these middle tier of wide receivers, where I could capture a lot of upside for just one thing going right, you know, one game basically in that Baltimore and Pittsburgh game. Um, I liked the the overall leverage that the differing roster construction gave me this week by kind of trying to go a little bit more balanced. That's good stuff, Mark. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I I talked about. You know, we had talked about adding um, a segment on both leverage, which X and I did go through, and uh, and and more importantly, the low owned guys who were likely to crush. And so I put my Pittsburgh bet on Najee because he was only two percent owned. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and and you talked about paying up at uh, running back. Um, so I thought that was a better place to go. Um, I thought he, you know, he had a pretty good chance at one of those 12, 13, 14 target games, uh, but it was, you know, Deontay. And again, when you're running bad, that's just the way it works. Uh, but the the logic wasn't bad. But again, I didn't have a lot of Najee. I had 6% versus two. Um, and I felt like Deontay would have uh, just as much of a chance, but that he would have had more like 8% ownership. So to get real leverage on the field, that, that that's a lot of Deontay. And there was a lot of wide receivers I like. So um, yeah. those are the calculations that I had in choosing to more uh, focus on Najee because his ownership was just so small. And the chance of him being the guy versus Deontay, I figured were about even. Yep. I don't hate it. Um, all right. You talked about double pay up at running back. What was your thought behind it? And how do you feel about it now? Uh, again, it was um, just based on all the value that we had at the position. Um, again, I write that end around on Friday evening. So my main thoughts are on the slate overall are pretty much hammered in stone when I'm writing that, but I still don't have the kind of step away from the slate and reassess under my belt at that time. Um, so when I got that kind of time to step away, think through each game 
and you know picture range of outcomes as opposed to just looking at stats, uh, it kind of opened my eyes to the sense that I sh- don't think it's necessary to be fighting all the value at the running back position this week, um, which is what I ended up kind of going to. Uh, I had heavy exposure to Antonio Gibson. I was 100% um, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, which we talked about my late swap off of that. But um, and then I had exposure to Elijah Mitchell. I had some Jamal Williams. Uh, I had some um, uh, Cardinals dude, uh, James Conner. Uh, so yeah, I I ended up kind of thinking through it and being like, well, I know that. I know that there's a ton of value at the wide receiver or that the uh, running back position, but I don't think it's necessary to fight that. And I can leverage myself elsewhere, which I chose to do at the wide receiver position. You also um, talked about, um, and we're going to, again, I said, we're not going to go crazy with length today uh, due to our schedules, but um, I thought this was great leverage as it turned out once Sony opened up. And I had uh, over 20% OBJ. I was overweight on Van Jefferson. And all that ended up happening is Van Jefferson ended up killing me in, he did enough to kill me in uh, a season long league. So (laughs) when you're running, when you run, I was playing a guy who had Stafford and um, Jefferson. So that late touchdown um, was not good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked OBJ and I liked Van Jefferson a lot. I knew that the ownership was likely to go through Sony and Cup, which is what we saw. Um, and what Van Jefferson ended up putting like twenty something points, something like that. So still four X. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, any other takes before we get out of here uh, on uh, on the slate that was Foster Moreau was the worst play of the year. I called it. Um, well, um, I still ended up with a decent amount of Foster, but I, again, I put him in lineups where I felt like I was really getting a lot out of it. And I talked about Logan Thomas as Mm -hmm. being worth the 1300 and he was paying it off. And then of course he got an ACL, uh, injury, um, scored early. Um, yeah, I, I think I read that he's not out for the year. But um, either way, it was, uh, you know, again, when you're running bads, you know, it just seems like it's always something. But I'm hoping for better this week, uh, Mark. I'm looking forward to your end around and um, your write-ups each week in um, the, of, your, of the games are always so fantastic. Um, thank you for all you do for the OWS members. And uh, again, thank you for giving me a chance to jump in on Saturday. It kind of felt like old times just without you there. (laughs) Yeah. Without your better half. Oh man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, dude. Thanks again for filling in. Uh, that was, I, um, I, uh, you know, it, 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 it felt like I was an umpire, but all I could ever call was ball one. <laughs> wow, that's probably your best one of the season, dude. <laughs> no, the 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 mini almond joys was my best one of the season. Yeah, yeah I played right. that for another guy recently, and he he had listened to the others, and I was getting the polite laugh, and then oh, I yeah. and I did the mini almond joy one, and he just died laughing so hard that he missed Mister Fun Size. So I went back and played Mister Fun Size, and he died laughing again. <laughs> Nice, dude. 
Yeah. I like the ball. All right, one. folks, yeah. that's going to do it. Mark and I will see you next week. Lord willing.